1: It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media.
0: You know too much about my music. You just know too much. You know that, right?
1: Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with. It's the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. Consequence and the Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, thanks as always for making your way here and checking out the uh, the uh, the series. I, I hope you hit that subscribe button so you can keep up with all the interviews that I put out. I three brand new interviews every single week. It's a new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to keep you up to date on your favorite artists and discover the new ones. You can do so at uh, Spotify, at Apple Podcasts, at NPR, WFBK.org, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcast from, you can subscribe to uh, Kyle Meredith with uh, some of my recent guests. Have included uh, Paul Rogers of, uh, of Bad Company and Free. I had The Kills, uh, the, uh, the folks behind the movie Pain Hustlers on Netflix. We talked to Boy Named Banjo, Japanese House, Brandon Flowers of The Killers, Chris Shiflet of The Foo Fighters, Liz Fair, Sarah Silverman. Courtney McBroom from uh, Lessons in Chemistry on Apple TV+, Plus. Uh, Duff McKagan from Guns N' Roses, Felicia Day, Susan Tedeschi, Josh Radner from How I Met Your Mother, Kristen Hirsch of Throwing Muses. Uh, just an example of what you get when you subscribe to the Kyle Merritt with podcast. And that's me, Kyle Merritt, today. So excited to have one of my songwriting heroes back on the show, Art Alexakis, of Everclear. The band just released a new live album. It's called Live at the Whiskey-A-Go-Go. We're going to talk about that. In fact, fact, so much happens in this conversation. Uh, Art tells us first off that he's sort of done with making albums, that he's kind of concentrating on live records, on singles, on EPs, things like that. But because of the live album, uh, especially coming from a tour that celebrated the band's 30th anniversary, it was recorded last year, uh, that gives us a chance to kind of go through the band's history. Uh, I want to talk about the narrative that he's written throughout his catalog that seems to tell this much bigger story self referential lyrics, Easter eggs for the longtime fans. He'll give us the backstories on tracks uh, Father of Mine, uh, Local God. Of course, that one was written for the uh, Boz Lerman's uh, Romeo and Juliet. Uh, Why Nervous and Weird and Fire Maple Song, both from their debut LP World of Noise, still resonates with him. Now, the live record also includes two new studio cuts that are placed at the end, Year of the Tiger and Sing Away. Sing Away's re-recorded was on his solo record. Now it's got the full band version. And the music video for Sing Away features his own daughter. So we're going to be talking uh, about that. Uh, We're going to be talking about sort of how generations consume music these days. I'll ask about... Uh, his penchant for writing for, for the youth. I mean, when you think of songs like Father of Mine and, and Wonderful, you know, he's always writing sort of about the, uh, I would say always writing, but but he has a talent of writing about the hardships of, of being young, which comes from his own experience. So we're going to hear about that as well. And then further on, uh, we'll hear about the future plans. That includes uh, maybe... In the future, deluxe editions of Sparkle and Fade and Songs for an American Movie, both coming up on some big anniversaries, and more about the types of uh, new releases that he's looking forward to making. All that and even more, if you can believe it, we're talking live at the Whiskey-A-Go-Go. It's Kyle Meredith with Art Alexakis of Everclear. Hey,
0: Kyle. How you doing?
1: I'm well. It's great to see you back on here. And it's good um, to be back. Yeah, and so much fun. Uh, I, I should just throw the compliments, actually, uh, at the beginning here, because uh, the new live album, uh, you know, sometimes a live album is just sort of like a stopgap, and it's like, oh, that's fun, and you're going back. But I think I've listened to this live album already a dozen times and just love the absolute set that happened. Um, so first off, uh, it, it sounds great. Congrats on this one.
0: Thank you, man. It was fun to do. You know, we did it at the Whiskey A Go-Go, which in my 40 years of playing in bands, um, I'd never played it. I've never, you know, I've never, I've never played. Actually, forty-five years of playing in bands, I've never played the whiskey. And um, and I grew up in L.A., uh-huh. which is bizarre. Been how, there, yeah. How did that happen? I don't know. You know, I've been there hundreds of times. Been backstage, did good things backstage, did bad things backstage. Had a great time, but never played there until. You know, we got the offer at the end of the 30th anniversary tour last year, and it just seemed fitting to do it there. And, and, you know, as the u- universe would have it, um, I got reached out to by an old friend from Capitol, who was at a new label called uh, Sunset Boulevard Recordings uh Records, and uh, asked me if I wanted to do an album, an, an original album. I said, absolutely not. I'm done. I've done 11 albums with Everclear. I did two with the band before it. And, one with them before that done uh, you know it doesn't mean i don't i'm not writing or or recording we're gonna put out a new song or two every year maybe a maybe an ep maybe a live song maybe a cover and a couple of new songs that sounds like fun to me making a whole album doesn't sound like fun and he's like what about a live album from the whiskey because they're set up to record there and i'm like oh you know my my best scooby-doo <laughs> and <laughs> Um, I said, okay, I'm going to record it. I'm going to pay to record it. I'll have my producer, friend, engineer, uh, guy, Jim Kaufman, come in. And uh, I think between the two of us, it came out great. It's raw. It's a little sloppy. It's not pro-tooled and uh, auto-tuned beyond recognition. It's hardly at all. And I left notes there's there's some not perfect notes in there. It sounds like a rock band live without a net. What you hear is what you get.
1: It's interesting that you're saying that, um, that, uh, you know, it, the album, that's uh, interesting because when I was listening to this and I started thinking of it in the context of this interview, and of course it's the 30th anniversary tour that was documented last year in December. And, you know, in this show you play fire maple song, which of course at that time you were celebrating 30th anniversary of world of noise. You know, that, to me uh lyric wise that sort of is point A, the starting point of this lyrical universe that you built. That's where we get the line now I can't smile that's where you introduce summer you know within it. wow, man
0: you're going deep, you know um do I talk about summer yeah, I do talk about summertime and and, and the fall, you know and uh you know yeah, no.
1: Well, that's when I'm thinking about that, you know, and and because that was one of the things, has been one of the things that's always so much fun of being an Everclear fan. You know, further on, you get Local God and Everything to Everyone. We got the Stupid Dance line that kind of connects those. And you've always sort of done that was that intentional did you know that you were doing that i mean obviously you knew that you were recalling other lyrics at the point but but did you do it in a way that was to build this sort of longer narrative
0: a, a universal narrative, narrative yeah that lives within itself some of my favorite writers and you you can go kerouac you can go um you know robert heinlein um uh or go back as far as um my favorite poet um Walt Whitman, you know, when you read Leaves of Grass, he makes connections to the body electric three or four times. He comes in there, I sing a song of myself. And then later it's I sing a song of myself in in this place and in the city streets and out there. And it connects it. It has that thought that's it's it's like the glue that connects it, you know? And yeah, I'm not afraid to do that. I'm I'm I I think I have license to steal for myself. I can plagiarize myself if it, if it's within context. I think writers do that, you know, and it's fun with words, man. I just, I'm having fun.
1: Further on then, I mean, is that how you thought, did you ever think of it like, as that big, like, are these the same characters that's always represented in each of the songs beyond maybe the narrator?
0: I don't know if they're the same characters, but there's, we're all the same characters that, you know, it, it, it we, we, we're unique and we're different in a lot of ways, but there's so many similarities. I mean, when you think about the literally tens of thousands of people who've come up to me, and I'm not exaggerating, they've said, father of mine, you wrote that about my life. I'm like, no, I didn't, but I did, you know, it was a universal theme. I remember when I played that song for the first time I'd written it at home in Portland, I was in LA to do some business, I stopped by my A uh, and guy's office at Capitol, you know the round building, and the offices of the executives are on the outside, and then the assistants or you know secretaries or whatever you want to call them had their desks outside the office door, and I walk in and I'm like, he's like, so what can you tell me about the record? And he knows he's treading on eggs a little bit, he's, you know, because he knows I'm adamant. I don't do demos. I give you a record, you put it out. That's how it's going to work. And this is before I had a hit, right? And I was still like that on Afterglow. And he's like, well, do you got anything you can tell me? I go, I got this new song, man. I really think it's great. I don't know if it's going to fit on the record. I don't know if it's a single. It's pretty dark. You know, it's a heavy song. And I, I go, oh, you got the guitar back. He goes, yeah, it's tuned up. I go, like, you want to hear it and he's like sure he's he's so excited because i never play him anything he's like sure why not you know he's brit he's very stoic stoic brit. perry Watts russell and the door is open and I, st- I play the song and i'm seeing him full full throated just singing it and i get to the end and he's you know like i said he's like a 45 50 year old stoic Brit british guy and he's you know, he's doing this nonsense, you know, behind his glasses. But then we hear out where the his assistant is sitting, we hear this weird sound. And we walk out, and there's four young women sitting on a desk, hugging each other, weeping, like weeping. This is the best song ever. And Perry Bird's just like, what's well, definitely going on the record. <laughs> And then when we finished it and recorded it and mixed it, he's just like, This, he goes, Do you think this is a single? I think, I think this is a hard sell as a single. I think it's either going to fail miserably or I think it's going to be bigger and more important than we can think if this hits people. And it's crossed ethnic lines. I've had people from every walk of life. Uh, white, black, brown, you know, everything, Um, every kind of gender um, persuasion, anybody that's had abandonment issues um, or distance issues with their father, and not just their father, sometimes their mother, um, has connected with the song. And I'm just, I feel blessed to have been able to have it come through me.
1: And we'll be right back, right after this. Shout out to uh, Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. Uh, I, I live in Kentucky, in the Midwest, and allergies, yeah, I suffer. When I say I suffer from allergies, I suffer from allergies. And around here, everyone I know deals with allergies to some degree and for a long time i thought it was just something that i would have to live with which is a real problem um for anything but especially when you're a radio host it affects my voice it affects my mood it affects everything and i feel like i've tried ever i've tried all the medicines some of them work better than others but there's there's never a perfect one out there especially because some of them take forever to actually work and some of them don't work at all And then there's Astapro, the fastest solution to nasal allergy symptoms. It's what I use now and it's definitely changed my life. Astapro is the first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24 hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Uh, Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription-strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. With all the pollen in the air, with all the dust around the the corners of the house, uh, even with uh, the allergies I have from my dog, Astapro has been the nasal spray that has helped me with all of my allergies and it can help you too. get fast acting nasal allergy symptom relief with astapro go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can astapro and go today a-s-t-e-p-r-o allergy.com that's a-s-t-e-p-r-o allergy.com astapro and go Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Welcome back. It's Kyle Meredith with Art Alexakis of Everclear. The great thing is, again, when you have a live album like this, you know, that, you know, it's looking at 30 years. And most of it's in that first 10 years, I think. I think all the tracks come from maybe that first 10 years of the band uh, for the most part. But but it is it is, it's a great moment to kind of reconnect with those like you have matt Pinfield. i just got done working two different weeks with matt's out of here in louisville and uh, as we do every summer with the danny wemer festivals out here right. but, uh, he introduces you guys and i'm like oh right because everything to everyone if i remember right debuted on 120 minutes i stayed up like i did every sunday but right. i especially stayed up with the vhs and the vcr because i knew that you guys were gonna yeah debut on that one you know it's like remember doing
0: that with the radio having it ready to record absolutely
1: i've done plenty of times yeah way back then uh, coming up next everclear
0: you're like i can't do this right now you know or, or whatever it is when i was a kid it was cheap trick or you know zeppelin or something like that but um yeah that's exciting man now it's kind of too easy right it's just siri play blah 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 it's
1: and... way too easy. I I try to tell myself yeah I try to tell myself like I have I have a son he's 16, and I try to tell myself is like he, he's just experiencing it differently. Like it, those moments still hit. and while he doesn't have to try as hard, the uh, uh, day before yesterday we're in the car, and um, the Bengals version of Hazy Shade of Winter comes on, and it gets about 45 seconds a minute into it, and he looks at me from the passenger seat and he goes, "Who is this?" And I said, it's a Bengals covering Simon and Garfunkel. And he goes, okay. And later that night, I hear that song playing from the shower. And then yesterday, he's walking ahead of me with his earbuds in, and he's singing along to it again. Wow. I'm like, those moments are still there. He's just able to punch it up immediately. He doesn't have to work for it, but that doesn't mean it doesn't. I try to tell myself, like.
0: It doesn't mean he doesn't appreciate it and, and that it's not connecting. I get what you're saying. Same thing with my daughter. I mean, you know, I've got a a she's gonna be 16 in like three weeks um so very close is your daughter do- is your son uh sophomore
1: yeah yeah he's sophomore.
0: Yeah, her grade. too so yeah very similar and uh except for the fact that yours isn't walking around with push-up tops and stuff but i don't want to get into that well <laughs> you got it better with a boy do you have a girl too or just i boy? don't
1: I, I only have my boy and One yeah and done. I'm, a, I'm a little Smart bit grateful of that yeah
0: you know i love my daughters i love being the father of a daughter but you know there's challenges on both sides of it so right now we're kind of she's killing it in school so we can't really argue she, it's just like really you going to wear that to school really she,
1: now she's in the really? she's in the uh the, the video for uh sing uh, away right sing away
0: which we're going to talk about i assume um yeah she's in the video as the girlfriend and i think she, without being father's bias which is kind of impossible I think she killed it. I think she was great. Everybody there was blown away by her, her, her chops, and uh, she really likes musicals, which I don't like musicals, but she does. So I'm supportive. Musical Dad,
1: isn't that cool to see? Though I mean, my son he he goes to performing arts school. He's interested in theater, and that's what he's been doing for a long, long time. Yeah. I, and 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 similar. You, you must have had a similar experience because when you know he's all, he did the plays in elementary and middle. But when I saw him really come into his own on the first thing in this high school thing and walk away, it's like, who in the hell is that? And how is he able to do that?
0: You yeah, know, I feel the same way when I see her act, when she just acts like drama plays, it's it's she's got something. She really does. As I'm sure your son does, because she she goes he goes to a performing arts school. She goes to a performing arts school. It's the California School of the Arts and but it's not just performing arts it's it's got all the all the different conservatories and stuff and she's in integrated arts which is cuz her her heart's in like mostly like painting but she also likes acting and so her conservatory is the hardest to get into because it has everything and it's got its own micro micro system so it's not pulling when they do plays in her conservatory um like she's up for one of the leads and remember that movie bat uh, mean girls
1: yeah yeah there's, yeah there's got the musical version of that yeah yeah, yeah. there's
0: the musical version and she's trying to get Karen you know the, the dumb blonde which my my daughter is neither but she just said it's just she likes her songs and it's fun. And that's so. acting.
1: So that's
0: (laughs) and there's definitely acting. Her monologue, she killed it on her monologue. But uh, you know, it's it's just great to see growing up the way I did, and see my children have the opportunities they have, and me going out of the way to try to make it easier for them, which is not necessarily the best thing because adversity is what creates that fire in your belly, right? I. Feel like my damage and adversity and all the triggers I got from that were kind of like my motive power of like, "F you, world!" Here I come, you know. It, it, it's and I I'm learning not to rely on those triggers because
1: they're scary to people. <laughs> you know? Your music, you did this. You had this really great talent in a John Hughes sort of way of speaking for youth. Sometimes from the point of view, like in a song, as I hear it, like a father of mine or something like that, it's sometimes like in sing away where like the fact that you're still able to do that, you've been able to do that for 30 years, you know, where does that come from? How do you do that? I mean, is that, is that something you even know that you're doing? You know, I, I, thank you for making the reference. Cause
0: I love, I love what John Hughes did and people can, poo-poo it and diminish it because it was 80s and it was this and it was that but you're right he really did have a a voice on the inside and an ear on the inside to what kids were going through in that situation the midwest you know going through that the the classes the class system the whole thing so for you to say that i'm i'm very i'm flattered thank you um to be honest with you, I just kind of, when I write songs like Wonderful and Father of Mine, I put myself in the place of being that kid again. Because I am, uh, I bel- I belong to the school of therapy that those, when, when you have some sort of traumatic experience as a child, you're kind of frozen there. It doesn't mean you don't move on, but that little kid there is unresolved you know that that 10-year-old 12, 12-year-old 4-year-old is unresolved and um you 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 know in different types of like dbt therapy uh dialectical delect- um um therapy uh cbt um you go back and you you meet you 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 basically try to be a parent to that that kid i say that in a song too i i got to be just like a father to you in this song called You, I don't know if you know that song, but it's talking about my rape. It's on Black is the New Black, and um, I just put myself back in that place, but at the same time, I've got another ear as an adult, and I'm looking at it. You know, it's it's like, to me, whenever you're in a situation, you got to put yourself in the other person's uh, experience, but at the same time, like, Kind of like split yourself and your and, and multitask and be able to have a thousand foot view of it at the same time. For some reason, that comes that comes pretty natural for me.
1: And we'll be right back right after this. Hey, welcome to Kyle Meredith with Consequence, where we check out some cool new things happening on the uh, Consequence Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Meredith, and today I get to talk to uh, Ann Erickson host of our new Consequence podcast, Beyond the Boys Club. Hey, Kyle. And congratulations on Beyond the Boys Club. Uh, well, what can you tell us about it?
0: Four years ago, I started a column published on Consequence called Beyond the Boys Club. The goal is to spotlight the women making a name for themselves in rock and metal. All these artists share their passion for music and their stories of breaking barriers as women in the music industry. This fall, we're taking the conversation further in the Beyond the Boys Club podcast. The interview series will welcome amazing female and non-binary artists from across the genre spectrum to share their stories and triumphs as they follow the beat of their own drum and shake up the scene.
1: That sounds awesome. I can't wait to check it out. And we should all check it out because Beyond the Boys Club arrives uh, twice monthly uh, on Tuesdays, wherever you get your podcasts. Great talking with you, Anne. Thanks, Kyle. Welcome back. It's Kyle Meredith with Art Alexakis of Everclear. And, you know, to be fair, of course, you've written about many, many things. I mean, you're the Tiger being the other new song on this, uh, well, you know, live album. Um, but, but it feels like that's, I don't want to say it like a crutch, but it feels like that's an easy place for you to go back to. Like when you're talking, you know, trying to champion youth, trying to work through the problems, someone when they're young, like like that seems like that's that's maybe a well that you can go to when you need to uh songwriting wise
0: yeah definitely
1: i i i think
0: it is i but i don't think it's just relegated to that you know i think it's i think it's a thing that you have to be you have to be like a two-way antenna to be a good writer you know both inside and outside and sometimes at the same time um my my favorite writers are consciously pulling, you know, the historical value of where they're pulling their information, but at the same time, they're aware of what's going on outside of it as well, and how those two worlds will either be cohesive or clash, which is interesting all in its own. Regardless, you know,
1: and and you know, one thing that we were talking about in, earlier in the interview, in the uh, is, you know, I was saying how. I loved your, the lyrical universe that you've created and everything. And to me, so many of these do work like concept albums beyond just one album, like that, that, that it always tells us, you know, and and while albums might not be on your radar anymore, because what I would love honestly to hear from you one day is a rock opera. I always thought maybe that was going to (laughs) happen, but, but even like live, like, is there a version of a live show that you could do, where it sort of does that, where it tells this story, you know, of a central character, um, something like, like, do you see it like that? You know, that's weird.
0: I, I had this one guy give me a script that he wrote of a musical that created different characters and for my songs and stuff. And it really wasn't, it was kind of missing. It was, it was ambitious and I was flattered. But it, it kind of missed the thing to me. I have thought about that arrogantly, I think, um, about creating a world within a world within all the, all my records, you know, and and doing something like that, like a musical or something like that, even though I, I fucking hate musicals. Excuse my language. I just do.
1: Well, that's it doesn't even have to be musical like uh, the kinks. Um, they're they, they're they're they just released one compilation. They're about to do part two of it, and it's it's just a compilation, it's a greatest hits compilation, basically. But they structured it in a way where it sort of loosely tells the story of their band. So the story, I, that's exciting. I didn't know
0: they did that, but I would expect no less from Ray Davies. He's he's such a lyrical uh, and writer. You know, he, he's so talented.
1: I don't think everybody can do that, but I think you all could do that because of you know the story that you've told uh with all these songs. Anyway, I I, I do say that as a compliment. Let's <laughs> plant that for you. <laughs> um we're talking about the new songs. I do want while we're here, uh talking about this live album at the Whiskey Go gives me an opportunity to ask about a couple of the uh the older songs, my favorites, because uh local god wasn't on an album. It was on the Romeo and Juliet soundtrack. It became its own sort of hits. And it's become one of my favorite songs of all time. It's you, I'm sure you have those songs where it just starts and you feel good. And there's something about that song, whatever the genetic makeup is in that song, that just makes me feel good. And not even the boys are back in town sort of feeling of the lyrics that come along with it. It has nothing to do with that. It's just the feeling of that song. Did you write it for the movie or what's the backstory on it? I wrote it for the movie, so I had already started writing lyrics
0: um, for a song, and I didn't know what I was going to call it. And it was, it was, it was already making like I was using the Romeo, like I'll be your Romeo, kind of, kind of like, kind of like, uh, almost a reference, and it might have been put there by like Tombstone, like I'll be your Huckleberry, right? I'll be your Romeo, yeah. And and the conflicts there within like patriarchal type looking at things and 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 boys like boys do what we want and and some people can look at it as an anthem of, of 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 males going we do what we want but really it's kind of just like wow you're at, what a bunch of assholes we are <laughs> you know I mean pretty much but then I got the offer to do the song and they sent me a piece of movie that they wanted me to do it like during and it was during the lines and i had i had i had studied i had, i had actually been in a couple of versions uh, in college of of shakespeare including including romeo and juliet and uh so i'm and i'm a huge fan of the original movie of the Bert, Bert, uh, but, 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 pretty close yeah I forget it what's his name? I don't
1: know <laughs> I know the movie i d- I know the movie yeah,
0: and now there's a big thing that that they fo- that he forced those kids to be sexual and
1: stuff right. you ever heard that right there's, I have heard that yeah
0: there's a big drama about it and those 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 kids are in their seventies and never been the same and i i I can't believe it so it was it was about a line of like we become local gods and the bad blood of of you know summer brings us to the place of of local gods or something like that and i'm like wow that's really cool and i i said yeah i do the song and i put that in there and i put those lines in there because it really worked with what i was doing anyways right and it tied into the song and so and i had just heard uh i was in macy's in new york i was in new york with my family for the uh the mtv music awards that year it's 96 and um i got the offer and that day i'd been listening to just music on on, in in macy's and it was like drum and bass was really big at the time right this is the mid 90s and i'm like that'd be really cool in a rock rock sense you know that kind of rhythmic with the with the loops and shit like that that'd be really cool so that's kind of where that came from. And when we turned in the song, Nellie Hooper, who was the musical director, thought it was atrocious. He goes, I'm embarrassed. This is embarrassing. And he's saying, you know, yeah, uh, he's saying, Romeo, it's so obvious. It has nothing to do with the the movie and this and this and that. And he hated it. Whereas Baz Lerman was like, This is fucking phenomenal. This is my favorite song on the on the soundtrack. <laughs> I'm like <laughs>
1: I'm gonna go by what he said. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> you know, the guy. Yeah, the guy. Yeah, right. I mean, what a moment too, because you know, "Sparkle and Fade" that was hidden. You got so much for the afterglow, and that's gonna become the big record that it is. You know, and and you it doesn't even have to be on your own album. I mean, you've got this other track that just becomes its own little thing out there in the world. What well, was on a soundtrack on 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 uh, Capitol, which was my label, and
0: because of the, because of the success of "Sparkle and Fade." And the fact that they didn't want to totally renegotiate our deal yet, they gave us an incredible deal on that soundtrack record. And it sold like 8 million records. I made almost three times the money. The band made almost three times the money in royalties from that one record than we did from Sparkle. Wow. From
1: one song. Man. Yeah. And you can't count on those moments.
0: Lawyers can be your friends sometimes.
1: <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I know I have that behind me somewhere back in there, back in the uh, the old CD stacks. Uh, the other track that I was qu- going to quickly ask, because um, in the live album, again, uh, Live at the Whiskey Go-Go, um, you guys play Nervous and Weird as well, which comes back on World of Noise. And you, you, I think you even commented like how much you still loved that song. I love that song.
0: It's one of my favorite songs I've ever written. What and are you still hearing that the swagger, man, just the swagger in it. And just the, you know, I had been suffering from anxiety and, and uh, you know, and it was related to coming off drugs and, and, and detox and all that stuff. And just like you were laying in bed and I would, I would levitate. i because when you know when I don't know if you've ever suffered from an anxiety attack, but it feels like electricity is going through you, you know that you can't control through your whole soul and your whole body, and that's that. When I wrote that line with the swagger of that, just boom, just kind of almost like a Stooges kind of feel, Mud Honey kind of feel to that song, I loved it. I I still love it. I still love playing it, and I love when. Uh, it goes into the lead and I played the lead and it's two note lead of course Davey plays it better than I do but when he goes into that and we're just swinging the band's just swinging on it and it it's in that live version it's just it's right on it just it's rock and roll man I just want rock and roll it doesn't have to be difficult or intricate it, it, most of the time it works better when it's not you know it's just straight from the gut the balls and the heart you know and very little from the brain i mean and it it just yeah i love that song i love playing that song and it came out so good live that i'm like fuck it i'm going to put that and fire maple song on the record
1: which i'm so happy you
0: did who knew <laughs> but they both came out well but we we've got about three or four other songs on it that that i'd have to work a little bit to make them work but i they might show up on like a ep later next year maybe one or two songs i want to write a new song maybe do a song from like uh like take a song off uh the solo record and turn it into an everclear song and then maybe a a cover song and then a live song you know and make an ep out of that i you know like a four song ep i think that'd be
1: cool it's so it's, yeah because i was i was i was like i i went and I cross-referenced the set list is what I because I realized like yeah Volvo and amphetamine you played that night but of course weren't you didn't put them on the live record yeah and Summerland and And so that's right and Summerland yeah yeah yeah
0: so they're there they're there and the drums and the bass sound good so we I can fix them up
1: so that's the plan I mean you said that at the very beginning of the interview that uh, you were just thinking of like one-off tracks from here you you weren't interested in albums at the moments. I mean, beyond what we're talking about right now, the things about this EP, I mean, are there other songs sitting around? Is is there the Everclear vaults that you open up every now and then? No, there's a few
0: songs, but I I would, most, uh, most of them are owned by Capitol, right? So my idea is like next year is going to be, not next year, but 2025 is going to be the, 30th anniversary of Sparkle and Fade, and it's going to be the 25th anniversary of Songs from an American Movie Volume One, and I'd like to try to get them to do some reissues, remaster, you know, um, and put out um, their, you know, two or three songs here, maybe some live versions that they have because we recorded a lot of shows that are in their vaults that are that are that are in in there somewhere so it would be cool to be able to go and do that whether they let me do it i don't know but it would be interesting you know but they you know they would they would insist on putting it out so i wouldn't make any money off it so I don't
1: know. maybe we can manifest something just by putting it out there in this interview into the world makes something happen. i like it
0: there you go <laughs> there you go i honestly
1: believe that you sometimes you have to manifest stuff by
0: putting it out in the universe and it comes back to you yeah, i 100 percent, spiritual punk rocker that i am um and and avid not hippie but um uh, i do buy into energy i've
1: seen it I've i'm seen gonna it tell worked. you i've uh i helped sammy hagar out because of our interview that they found a lost <laughs> ben halen song and uh it's been a few instances of that so you know i don't mind i don't mind putting it out there so was it a Van Halen song or a Van Hager song? Well, it was a Van Hager song. Yeah, it was oh. it was one of the final ones for this new box set. Oh. He didn't even remember it existed, now It's <laughs> Twister soundtrack, that's what it was from. Awesome.
0: The yeah. movie Twister, the movie uh-huh. Twister. There was a yeah. song that
1: didn't make the soundtrack and uh and I knew about it and, you know, here we go. So, we're just putting it out there, man. That's what we're doing. Well, I like Sammy. Sammy's
0: Sammy's a, a match,
1: man. He's yeah. just a man. He's fun. He's you know extremely sweet guy and a hell of a fun interview too. Happy to go wherever. Dude, he's,
0: he's, he, he just is so seems so grateful for the life he's had. And just embraced it all. And he's, he's taken big bites out of everything out of life. And man, people who are Sammy fans are fucking fans. They're just
1: hardcore fans. And, if there's ever a guy who embodied the line, just happy to be here. That's him. Just happy to be here, man. Yep. <laughs> happy to be a part of it baby i used to say
0: that too man so what do you think so what are your thoughts about this man i'm just i'm just i'm just i'm just happy to be a part of it man I'm just...
1: it's a good mentality to have yeah art uh seriously the, the live album uh is so fun to listen to and i really really love hearing these uh album tracks or these uh, studio tracks on it it's been uh, awesome to talk to you again. Thank you so much for taking the time. I'm glad we got to do this. Oh,
0: great to talk to Always great to talk to you. All right, man. Take care, Kyle.
1: And my thanks to Art. The new Everclear live album is called Live at the Whiskey A Go Go. You can search uh, deeper into this series, into the uh, Kyle Meredith with podcast, and find some of my uh, earlier interviews with Art as well. So thanks to Art, and thanks to you for uh, hanging out and checking out the uh, the episode again. Please do hit that subscribe button so you can keep up with all the interviews that I put out. Three new interviews every single week. That's a new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. At Spotify and Apple Podcast, at NPR, YouTube for the video versions. Anywhere you get your podcast from, you can subscribe to Kyle and Meredith. With after that. Head over to wfpk.org. That's where you'll find me every weekday starting at 6 p.m. Eastern. It's four hours of classics from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. You get the best in new music. There are bonus interviews, lots of music news as well. One of my recent shows had the music of the Violent Femmes, The Beatles, Blur, Beastie Boys, Lush, Prince... Charlie Crockett, Amy Mann, David Bowie, the Fleet Foxes, Tom Waits, Neville Brothers, The Hives, The Stones, Queens of the Stone Age, Mickey Dolans covering REM, Sinead O'Connor, Fiona Apple, Kate Bush, Peter Gabriel, Mitski, Regina Spector, Julianne Hatfield, The Cranberries, Chris Shiflett, uh, Foo Fighters, Kim Wilde, Echo and the Bunny Man, and my interview with the filmmakers behind Expendables 4. Just an example of what you get every weeknight starting at 6 p.m. at wfpk.org. Consequence has your music and film news, and you can catch me on the social media sites. The address is always the same, at Kyle Meredith. And I do hope you like and follow along. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith, and I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network.
0: I actually got hit on two uh, girls in a a hotel that was hosting a Star Trek convention.
1: It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker. Live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media.